Welcome to Sulphur Springs Baptist Church Sermon Audio. For more information, please visit our website at sulphurspringsbc.com. Thank you. What child is this? None other than the Son of God. The Lord Jesus Christ. He's wonderful. The Bible says wonderful counselor in Isaiah. What a wonderful Savior we have. That's the child that was born in Bethlehem. Placed in that little stall for us. We ought to praise him. We ought to thank him. We ought to give him glory every day because he thought that much of us. We weren't able to be here Thursday night, but we listened to the singing. Got some good singers here, and we appreciate that. And the fellowship that went right along with it, and we appreciate that. Uh, Carolyn had a doctor's appointment, and we weren't able to get here, but uh, we listened, and uh, we praise the Lord for the music. If you have your Bibles, turn with us to Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2, we'll begin reading in verse 8. Part of it's already been read, but we'll be reading other scriptures in uh, the term of the sermon this morning. 8 through 20 to begin with. The Bible says, And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you, ye shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And it came to pass as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem and see this thing which is come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen and it, as it was told unto them. Thank you, Father, for your words. Thank you for the inspirations over the years that they have given to us. Thank you for your son, Jesus, who was willing to come to be born as a little baby, but yet to grow up to save men's souls. We thank you for each one that's here this morning. We pray your blessings upon them. 
And Lord, we ask that you'd speak to all of our hearts in a very special way. And for those who might be listening by radio, YouTube, internet, however it, however it may be, we pray, Father, for them also, that you would warm their hearts and help them to realize just who this little baby is. None other than King Jesus. Now may your will be done. And if there's one here that's lost, one that might be listening by other means that is lost, would you touch their hearts and draw them to you today? And we'll praise you and thank you for everything in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Luke 2 may well be the most familiar and beloved portion of Luke's gospel. It begins with the birth of Jesus and it ends with him in the temple confounding the Pharisees. Twelve years old. And in that meantime, Jesus was obedient to his parents. He was obedient unto his father. Countless numbers of people, Christian and no doubt non-Christian, read this scripture every Christmas morning. I know we do. We have ever since we've been married. And we have, especially when our boys were born, we read this scripture. It's familiar, and it tells the story of a loving Savior. Yes, it opens with Caesar Augustus' decree about taxation. Everybody had to return to their home country, and everyone had to go to his own city. And Joseph and Mary obeyed this order and went to Bethlehem. But while they were there, Mary brought forth her firstborn son, Jesus, and laid him in a manger. It's an old story, but it never gets old. It touches our heart every time we read it. We never get tired of it because it's the story of our Savior. Luke gives us three glimpses into the early years of our Lord here on this earth. His birth drew Mary and Joseph to Bethlehem. Verses 1 through 7. And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And this taxing was first made when Cyrenius was governor of Syria. And all went to be taxed, every one into his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea unto the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. You've heard the expression, as weak as a baby. I know you have. We probably used that little baby is helpless. Uh, everything must be done for that little baby must be fed, must be pampered, must be protected, must be loved in your arms and rocked in your cradle in the arms. And uh, everything has to be done for that little baby. 
This could be applied also to the Lord Jesus Christ when he was born. No doubt Mary sat for hours at a time rocking that little baby because she knew who that little baby was because the angel told her who this little baby was going to be. None other than the Son of God. And she took special attention and special care to that little baby, no doubt. Oh, yes, he was a little baby. But you know, he was still also the center of power as far as heaven was concerned. Even then, I believe that he could have changed things if he wanted to, even though being a little baby. But he chose to become in human form and be obedient to the Father and to live as we live, but without sin. Lifting up the name of the Lord God Almighty, and all that he did. Augustus Caesar was ruling, but God was in charge. You ever think about that? Augustus Caesar, the most powerful man at that time, I guess, on the face of the earth, because Rome had spread its empire around all over that eastern portion of the world. He used this edict to move Mary and Joseph to Bethlehem, some 80 miles from Nazareth. Every 14 years, Rome would take a census of the people. They did it for a military purpose and for tax purposes. And each Jewish male returned to the city of his fathers. They had to give their name, their occupation, their property, and also their family. But as we see in chapter 1, verse 13, the angel of the Lord had visited Zacharias and Elizabeth six months earlier, where another miracle took place. Elizabeth was beyond the childbearing age, but God touched her. Now the angel was going to visit Mary, a teenager more than likely, not married, to tell her the good news from God. You shall be the mother of our Lord. Isn't that wonderful? What would you have done, you ladies? Would you have said, oh, no, not me? Man, I'm still just a teenager, probably 14, 15, 16 years old. Not me, Lord. But did you... Read in the scriptures what Mary said. Be it unto me, even as you have said. Oh, man, if we could just get to that place in our heart and lives and in our service to the Lord. Lord, be it unto me as you want, as you have said, and as you have asked me to do. Oh, she was willing to do what the Lord had called her to do. Mary said, be it unto me. According to your word, verse 38, it meant from that time on her life would be part of the fulfillment of divine prophecy that started in Genesis 3.15. A long time before Mary. A long time since Genesis 3.15 until the birth of the Lord's Son or the God's Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, into this world. 
But everything in that Old Testament fell right in place as God wanted it to, even to the taxation to move Mary and Joseph to their homeland, to their home city where Christ was to be born. God had made promises in the Old Testament about the Savior, and I'm going to give you a few of these this morning. In Genesis 3.15, we see that he was to be human, the seed of a woman. In Genesis 12.1-3, we see that he was to be a Jew, Abraham's descendant. In Genesis 49.10, we see that he was going to be of the tribe of Judah, the fourth son of Jacob and Leah. 2 Samuel 7, 1 through 7 tells us that he would be of the family of David, ruler on the throne. In Isaiah 7, 14, it tells us that he would be born of a virgin, no earthly father. In Micah 5, 2, they give us the city, Bethlehem, Euphrates. You see how everything falls right in place when God sets his mind to doing something? Even here in this church today, I believe if we would all get ourselves together in God's will and God tells us something to do and he asks us to do it, he is going to make sure that we will get that done if we will follow him and everything that he tells us to do. Mary could have said, no, I'm not going to do this, but she said, be it unto you or be it unto me as you wish. Folks, I believe with all of my heart, we need to be united in one accord in accomplishing what God wants us to do to lead other people to a saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. All of this that I read about occurred just as the scriptures said. God does not put anything in his word that he will not bring it to pass. God's word is first and foremost in our hearts, and it should be first and foremost in the church's heart. And I'm praying that it'll be first and foremost in this nation's heart. That people will return to God before it's too late. God might be using this pandemic to touch our hearts and get us to see that just a little old virus, 300,000 already dead, many more sick, just from a little old virus that you can't see with the naked eye. God can do anything that he wants to. Jeremiah 1.12 says, I am watching over my word to perform it. Whatever God has said will take place. Why Bethlehem? Bethlehem means the house of bread. It's the ideal birthplace for the bread of life, according to John 6. We have there the death of Rachel and the birth of Benjamin. We have there the marriage of Ruth and the exploits of David. Benjamin means the son of my right hand. David means beloved. Does this not characterize our loving Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ? He is the bread of life. He supplies the water of life. He is the beloved son of God. And he wants us to realize that in our heart and life. 
Both of these are applied to the Savior, for he is the beloved son at God's right hand. Who was willing to say, yes, Father, I'll go and to be born in that manger in Bethlehem. What love, what love God has shown unto us. Second thing that we see, his birth drew the angels from heaven. And we've already read that, verses 8 through 14. But can you see, as I did, I've read this story many times. When God is sitting there on the throne... And he summons the angels. I want you to go down to earth. And I want you to go speak to Mary. I want you to go speak to those shepherds. I want you to go speak to those kings, wise men. I want you to tell them what's going to take place. Do you think the angels were amazed? Your son is going down to be born as a little baby? Did they know in advance what was going to take place? I have no idea, but they sure found out. The angels watched over that little baby. We see that the creator was born as a little creature. That little baby there in that stall. From Mary, an unwed mother. But it was all God's plan. A little speechless baby. Second Corinthians 8 9. You probably know this scripture. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet he, for your sakes he became poor, that ye through his poverty might be rich. Why did he come? He came as a poor little baby, so we could experience the richness of God in our hearts and lives. The first announcement of the Messiah birth given by the angel to some anonymous shepherds out on the hillside. But why the shepherds? Why didn't they come to the priests and the scribes? They knew all about the coming Messiah. They even told the scriptures where he would be born. But their heart wasn't in it. You've come to take away all of our high pocket living, if you want to call it that. But the shepherds had nothing. They were so low that the government didn't even tax them. They would be out there on the hillside for weeks and probably months at a time. But why the shepherds? 
Well, let me ask you another question. Why you and why me? Why do some people get saved when they're young children? Then why do some get saved when they're older in years? I don't know. God knows. But why me? Why you? Why not the Vanderbilts? All those rich folks that had all the money in the world and Many of them used that money in a good way, but many of them died lost, according to testimonies from other people. But why me? Why you? Why Mary? Why Joseph? I believe it's caused because of God's amazing grace. And that's why I love that old song, Amazing Grace, How Sweet the Sound, that touched my heart one day. I was lost, but God changed all that because of his grace. Oh, the shepherds were outcasts. They were looked down on. They were considered unclean. And if you read the Old Testament, you know what the unclean means. You couldn't go into the temple. You couldn't do other things. But the shepherds, unclean, outcast. But we also see there are a few men in the Bible who were rich that loved the Lord. Abraham was one of them. David. Job and many others. Doesn't matter how much you have or don't have. God loves the rich just as well as he does the poor. God uses the rich just like he does the poor. But here he called these shepherds. Why? Because the Bible says that the Messiah is the good shepherd in John chapter 10. He is the sacrificial lamb of John 1, verses 29 and 36. For the first time in centuries, the glory of God returned to earth. It's been over 400 years when the prophet saw the glory of God leave. And everybody did what they thought was right. And at the right time, God sent his son. Aren't you glad of that? Yes, it was 2,020 plus years ago. But man, it's just as real today as it was then. God wants his son into every heart on this earth. But people won't invite him in, just like the Pharisees, the scribes, and all of those folks knew where he was going to be born, but refused to let him come into their hearts. People are like that today. But what did the angels say? Now, let's get the scene here. It's dark. They're out there at night. I mean, all they had was a campfire. 
They didn't have modern flashlights like we do. It's dark. And then all of a sudden a bright light appears and the angel comes unto them. But the first words he said, just like God wants to say the first words to us, is fear not. We don't need to be afraid. They didn't need to be afraid, even though they had seen the angels right there and that bright light. Fear not is a common thing in the Old Testament and the New Testament. For the angel said, I bring you good tidings, good news. A Savior is being born. Man, it excited those shepherds so much that they said, man, let's forget about these sheep. Let's go find this baby because we want to worship the Savior. We want to worship God's Son. We want to lift up our voices in praise and adoration because God is visiting his people again. After 400 and some years, God speaks again. God is speaking today, but are we listening? Do we have our spiritual ears open, ready for the word of God to come to us? The word that's used here means go preach the good news. And certainly the gospel of Jesus Christ is the good news to every person on earth. The good news of the Lord Jesus Christ. He wanted the shepherds to preach and to practice that good news. As we brought last week, those wise men who came, the only thing that we see them saying, where is he that is born king of the Jews? I believe, I'm, if, I'm, if I'm wrong, correct me, but I believe that's all we see them saying. Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east. But what did they bring? They brought themselves, traveled for many miles, and then they brought gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. But the shepherds also came. They didn't have gold and frankincense and myrrh. They didn't have precious gifts. All they had was their time. But you know, when the wise men left, nothing said. But when the shepherds returned to their flocks, what does the Bible say? And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all they that heard it wondered at those things which they were told them by the shepherds. The shepherds went out speaking, preaching what they had seen and what they had heard so everybody could hear about the Savior who came to this world. Did they know him to be the Savior? I believe they did. Because the angel told them he was the Savior. He was the Son of God. And they believed readily in their heart. And they left preaching and singing the gospel. Yes, it takes both. 
We have those folks in the church who you never hear a word, but in their own time, they're serving the Lord. They're doing things for other people. They're witnessing for the Lord in the way that the Lord instructs them to do. But you also have the shepherds, the singers, the teachers, the preachers in the church willing to do what God has laid on their heart to do. It takes everybody serving the Lord in the manner in which the Lord has laid upon their heart to do so. So don't look down on that one that you can't get to do anything. Maybe they're doing more than you think. They're serving the Lord. The shepherds were serving the Lord. But the common thing, fear not. And I think I read this week that that fear not is used over 400 times in the scripture. A lot of people were afraid, huh? But Jesus, he wants to take that fright away. Fear not because I am with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. I will give you the words to say at the time that you need to say them. I will help you to be that witness for me whenever that time comes. But just don't fear because I have everything in control. Oh, I believe those shepherds jump-started the proclamation of the Lord Jesus Christ again. 400 years had been silent. Man, we went to that little manger. We saw the Son of God, and we're going to tell you about we saw and what we saw and what we heard. And they did. They left rejoicing. Isn't that what the Bible says? Yes. Oh, those shepherds, they were homeless. They were smelly. They had few opportunities to bathe. They stayed out in the field most of the time. They were the lowest of the citizenship. They paid no taxes. They were considered outcasts, but yet they were ready to receive the word. And I hope you came this morning ready to receive the word from the Holy Spirit of God. Not so much as to what I say, but what God lays on your heart. What the Holy Spirit is speaking to you about in your relationship with him. Oh, the birth through the shepherds from the fields. Oh, they were eager to go see. I, I, I can understand them being afraid. We were up at Fontana Lake one night fishing. No moon, no stars, and it was cloudy. And we were probably 25 foot out from the bank, just easing up through there to get to our fishing hole. And then all of a sudden, 
I don't know whether it was a mountain lion or a panther or what it was. He was up in a tree and he let out a scream and my hair stood right straight up. He came down out of that tree and up across the hill he went. But you're talking about being scared. This old boy was scared even though he was out in the boat. And I don't guess that panther or mountain lion could have jumped that far, but I was still scared. I imagine those shepherds were scared too when the angel came. But the first words the angel said, fear not. And folks, I want to leave you with that today. We don't need to fear anything because God is with us. God is helping us in everything that we do. All those shepherds, they marveled at the grace of God. Here we are outcast, but you came to us. You might think you don't have a friend in the world, but Jesus loves you. He came for you. If you're listening on the radio, however you may be listening, and you think you're by yourself, if you know the Lord Jesus Christ, you are not alone. His Holy Spirit is with you every moment of the day. And if you want to talk to a friend, talk to him. His Holy Spirit will talk back at you. And he'll let you know that God loves you. Oh, those shepherds took the place of the angels. Oh, but there's one difference. The angels have never experienced the grace of God, but those shepherds did. The angels have always been with God. They were created to be with God. They were created to do His work. Yes, we were born without sin, but because of sin, we were separated from God. And it took God's grace to bring us back to our loving Savior. Are you ready to receive? I hope so. Are you ready to respond? Again, I hope so. Are you ready to be obedient unto the Lord? Folks, we must be faithful. The Lord has been faithful to us. And we must be faithful. For God so loved the world. That he sent his only begotten son. Even as a little baby in the manger in Bethlehem, he was still God. Won't you open your heart this morning? If you're lost, won't you invite him to come in? Won't you tell him you're ready to give up because you've tried everything and it's not working? Just open your heart and your life to him. And God will make a difference 
in your heart and life. It sure did for these shepherds. They left there praising the Lord. And you can do that this morning too. All you have to do is say yes to the Lord Jesus Christ. Don't you love the story of the shepherds who had nothing but left with everything? They had praises in their heart and in their life and in their soul because they saw the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible doesn't say anything else about the shepherds. But when the angels came, they readily accepted what God was fixing to give to the world. Father, thank you for the gift of your Son. Thank you for the joy of salvation. And Lord, we pray that if anyone here, anyone that might be listening by any other means, they do not have Christ in their heart, may they open that heart today and invite you to come in to be their Savior. And Lord, we praise you for what you're going to do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening. Please remember to drop a rating and subscribe to get our latest audio.